Hello! Happy Wednesday to everyone. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I urge you to check out my website, williamsonfootball.com. There's lots of good stuff. More and more going up every day. In-depth analysis. I'm at Twitter, at WilliamsonNFL. I've been doing this for the better part now of 18 years. I worked for Steeler Nation Radio. I was at ESPN for 10 years. I was a scout for the Browns. I was a recruiting assistant with the Pitt Panthers for three years. Director of Football Ops for the University of Akron. And we've been going division by division, breaking down these draft classes. And we are on the NFC North. Tomorrow we'll take a break for Twitter Thursday, and then we will conclude the NFC with the NFC East on Friday. Uh, I did the first, I did the West and the South already, so check those out if you haven't. They're very good. Of course they are. Bears. Love this draft. Uh, one of the articles I wrote basically as soon as the draft ended for my website were... I think it was five or six of my favorite draft classes, and the Bears were absolutely in that. And I started the sentence about the Bears with Butkus, Singletary, Erlacher, Roquan. Yes, that's a little putting the horse a little above in front of the cart, but this is exactly the player, the tradition, the position. The talent, the leadership, the playmaking, fitting a need. This is a great pick. And for those of you who don't know, you know, Fangio, their defensive coordinator, he he was in San Francisco with Bowman and Willis. And he prefers to keep two linebackers on the field in all times. And therefore, he wants stars, versatiles, explosive guys. Smith fits that extremely well. I mean, in today's NFL, he's exactly what you look for. On the second level, leader, tough, explosive. I mean, I can't say enough good things about this. And it was a need position for them. And it's, to me, pretty darn close to completing their defense. I do think they could use one more edge rusher. And I have some concerns about Leonard Floyd. But I really think that this defense is nearly complete with with Smith. And he'll be the face of it for a long time, hopefully. Now, second day, I liked a lot, too. Um, they traded up to get Miller, and that was their, it cost them the fourth rounder this year and a second round pick in 19 to go get Miller. But before they did that, Miller was a 51st pick, Anthony Miller from Memphis, a wideout. James Daniels was a 39th pick, the early second rounder, and I thought for sure he'd be a first rounder. And two centers did go in the first round, so maybe he was just, you know, uh, slightly bumped by those guys, Price and Ragnow. And I've also heard, you know, he's a little bit immature off the field. That's just, you know, just kind of, the, but not, not concerns. Um, they lost Sitton in this this uh, off season, caught him actually, and so there's talk that Daniels will go into Sitton's guard spot. I think the smarter move is to put Daniels at center, move Whitehair to guard. And I know you've now moved Whitehair all over the place, but he's proven really effective no matter where you do it. To me, that's the best way to do it. But nonetheless, there was an interior offensive line need. And while this was mostly a defensive draft, they still got two more things for Trubisky. You know, offensive line help, interior. Daniels moves really well. You know, they run a lot of zone. They want guys moving on, walking on the move. I think Daniels does that really well. Fits the scheme really well. Well coached at Iowa. Good athlete. And Anthony Miller is one of my favorite receivers in this draft. I mean, do-it-all, sharp route runner, 
attack you at every level. I think he's a really good player. And, you know, can you count on Kevin White? Absolutely not. And you get from him is probably gravy. So I think Miller can play the slot. He could play outside in two receiver sets opposite Allen Robinson. And he's a different type of receiver than Gabriel Robinson, Burton, you know, the guys they brought in and spent money on. He's a do-it-all, a little smaller, tough, can battle for contested catches. I like him a lot. I thought that was a really, really nice pickup. And it did cost them something. I mean, let's not forget that. The rest of their draft looks like, to me, it's all defense with, you know, Wims as in seventh rounder. Is looks like they have, they're taking some shots and trying to hit some guys here. You know, they took, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but an outside linebacker from Western Kentucky. In the fourth round, Bilal Nichols, a defensive tackle from Delaware, another small school guy in the fifth. Kylie Fitz, a defensive end from Utah in the sixth, and Javon Wims, the wide receiver from Georgia. Um, Fitz, I, I mentioned that they they have a, a need as an edge pass rusher. Maybe Fitz helps. Injuries have been with a problem. I mean, injuries is why he was a six-rounder, so maybe he's worth the risk. Um, the linebacker, whose name I can't pronounce, Joel something, something, something from Western Kentucky, is... Pretty good athlete. I would think he's mostly a special teamer. I think he's going to play on his feet as an edge player, but could also drop to the second level. He's interesting. Um, But overall, I don't have a lot of really high hopes. Very top-heavy draft, in my opinion. Now comes the Lions. I have mixed feelings about the Lions, because going into the draft, like many people, I've basically said they need to fix this running game. I mean, this has been the league's worst running game, in the conversation at least, for like five years in a row. They haven't had a 100-yard rusher since the 8th grade picnic. They need running back. They need blocking. They need dedication to the running game. And clearly that was a thought for them. But, you know, you can go overboard too. And... You know, the passing game rules the world right now in the league. And defending the pass rules the world in the league. So, is going all in on a running game good football? You know, I mean, is that how you win games in today's day and age? I like Ragnow a lot. Really solid player. Looks like a 10-year starter with a Pro Bowl or two in mind. And face of the line and tough and a really good run blocker. Is he the 20th best player in this draft? Hmm. I mean, I'm fine with that. Uh, I was told that, you know, uh, something that they, they thought about with this pick, too, was Matt Patricia's going to put his stamp on the team. This is the kind of guy we draft, you know, team, strong, tough. Okay. I mean, that all makes sense. In a, in a vacuum, that pick, fine. Carry on Johnson, though, at 43, and they traded up for him. I like him as an early third rounder. I don't like him as the 43rd guy off the board. I don't know that he's dynamic enough. I've seen a lot of mixed opinions on him. So I'll kind of hold out my my thoughts a little bit till I see him in live action, but I lean towards, eh, I don't love this. He is a powerful guy. He's got, I hate to use this comparison. Everyone who uses this comparison says the exact same thing. Don't think he's Le'Veon Bell, but he does have kind of a Bell patient style, but not that same burst. Runs strong. I mean, okay, but that's early. I mean, that's that's not using your draft capital to the best of your abilities. 
Tracy Walker in the third round, to me, was a real reach. Safety from Louisiana Lafayette. And I read recently, he even said after the draft, like, I didn't think I'd be a third-round pick. <laughs> like, okay, I mean, they could use a safety. It wasn't their biggest need on defense. But again, I mean, this seems really early. And then again... They moved up for Deshaun Hand from Alabama, and it cost them their 19 third-round pick to do so with you know trade with the Patriots. I don't think Deshaun Hand's a very good prospect. I mean, and certainly not worth the 114th pick overall and your 19 third. Yeah, they need D-line help, and I think that's what they're after. Big bodies, Patricia. You know, that's what they've asked of their defensive tackles in New England. I just don't think he's all that great. Terrell Crosby is a pick I think that could really work out. He's a mauling, tough, right, ta- you know, prototypical old school right tackle. Maybe he plays guard. Fits the style that the, fits the theme of the draft, to say the least, with the run game. And, you know, but I think he'll be a successful pick in the fifth round. And then in the last round, I don't care what you do with your seventh round pick, but it just says a lot that they got a true hammer. Old school fullback. You know, that's, that they're telling us a lot there. Green Bay also qualifies along with Chicago as one of my favorite handfuls of drafts. First of all, I mean, we talked about Saints yesterday. They got the Saints first round pick next year. And that might be 32, like I said. Listen to yesterday's podcast. But it's still a future first round pick. You know, now they're, they're, they have two, two picks next year in the first round. And as this team has done in the past, and I know it's a new GM, sometimes they attack needs with a lot of bodies. You know, like, they don't fool around and say, they go corner, corner. You know, like, we're after corners. And I told you guys, you know, this is Mike Pettin taking over, and his history is think Todd Bowles, think Arizona, think the Jets, where they've always had Peterson, Revis in his prime. You know, like the Jets went and got Tremaine Johnson. Play a lot of man coverage, blitz a lot. I mean, it's really what you need to know. Aggressive. You know, they want speed. They put a lot of stress on their corners. They want versatile second-level guys. They want blitzers. So they prioritize coverage over rush. Well, not only did they trade back at first, but they trade back up and get Jari Alexander. An aggressive man-to-man cover corner. And... I think they had to love this pick. (laughs) I mean, I have a feeling they did cartwheels for this pick. Perfect, exactly what they need. Didn't stop there, and I thought Josh Jackson was more of a zone guy than a pure man player. But you can develop him. You know, I mean, they they brought back Tremont Williams. There's some other bodies there for sure. But to get Jackson 45th overall... Some, I mean, some thought he was the best overall corner in this draft. Very good ball skills, physical, more of a Richard Sherman-like than a press man guy. But we'll see, you know. I mean, maybe he plays free safety. I, I, you know, I mean, I'm not sure, but he's a good corner, and he doesn't have to play this instant. Then they traded up for Oren Burks, who, if you match him with Jones, the big safety they took last year, and think of them as small, fast linebackers, which is really what Burks is, but if Jones was drafted as a safety. Now you're talking about team speed. Now you're talking about versatile guys, Deion Buchanan-like players. You know, remember we talked about the Cardinals on defense. 
They need speed on that second level. Like Martinez is a good player, but overall they're a little slow and they've ignored their linebacker, true linebackers for a while. It's not a team that's invested heavily at all on athletes on the second level. Um, And that's what this guy is. And in a minimum, I'm sure he'll be a great special teamer. Again, they obviously looked at wide out as a need. Okay. And I could see that. Um, I guess it's Ty Montgomery going to move to wide receiver. I don't know. I, after the draft, I tend to think he won't now. But Nelson's gone. Um, is Geronimo Allison a special player? No. So with the 133rd pick, they took Jamon Moore. With the 174th pick, they took Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And then Equinemius St. Brown went at 207 overall. I was shocked that St. Brown lasted that long. All three of these guys have the long... A.J. Greenish, you know, type of physique, style. Clearly, that's what they're looking for. The outside, the numbers, not to be, they don't look like Jarvis Landry. They don't look like Wes Welker. I mean, these are going to be outside the numbers, long, go up and get it, guys. And I think St. Brown that late is a great pickup. But the one I really like is Moore. Moore... I think he had some off-the-field issues, but there's a lot of ability there that Moore might be a star. Like, two years from now, if we go back and listen to this podcast, you might be like, Williamson called Jamon Moore being a star, and this guy is a really good wide receiver. So keep an eye on that. Um, Cole Madison, a guard from Washington State, is absolutely a very much Packers-like developmental, smart, tough guard. And they need a guard. I mean, he's another one that it wouldn't shock me if he becomes a long-term starter. I don't want to compare him to Balaga or Bakhtiari, but that type of developmental fits their mold a great deal style of offensive lineman. Then they took a punter. They had a lot of picks, so I can't get on them for taking a punter. They also took a long snapper. And special teams and punting was a problem last year. Okay, I mean, fine. Um, punter at 190, 172 and a long snapper at 239. They better be great. I mean, that's kind of what I always say about those guys is they better be great. Or, you know, a high-end starter, last 10 years type of guy. So they ended up with 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 picks. Three receivers, two corners to start the draft. A guard they needed, a linebacker they needed, two specialists, and some other fringe stuff thrown in. I love it. I think they did really, really well. That makes feelings about the Vikings. Um, Mike Hughes is absolutely a Zimmer-like pick. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Going back to his Bengals days, they drafted big corners, and Hughes isn't 6'1", but, I mean, he's generally big corners. But in the first round. I mean, they use first-round picks on corners. And it does make some sense because they're kind of struggling with their slot corner situation as we speak. And I think Hughes would project they're fine, especially over Mackenzie Alexander. And Terrence Newman at at this moment is not with the team. So that's noteworthy. But Trey Waynes is a free agent after this year. And I think you have to start thinking a little different if you're the Vikes. You just dumped so much money into your quarterback that guys like Waynes might not be able to come back, you know, so you have to prepare for that day a little bit more than you used to. You can't just be like, we can sign anybody we want. So Hughes makes a lot of sense there as a 
fight for playing time now, probable starter a year from now, very good ball skills. Um, he's also an excellent returner. So I think he may, he pays off quickly. But then that brings me, though, I thought guard was really where they should go if they're in, they're in win-now mode. And they took a tackle from Pitt, hail to Pitt, Brian O'Neill. Extreme athlete. He's the typical tight end turn tackle that needs more sand in his pants, needs more strength, really probably will not help them for a year or two. And if he des- develops into what he can develop into and get stronger and gets more of an anchor and all those things, that's a great steal. You know, he could be a long-term starting tackle. But that's really planning down the road. And I understand a guy like Remmers might be better off at guard. But O'Neal certainly isn't a plug-and-play tackle that you can move Remmers inside. They made up for it, though. And maybe I'm going out on a limb here. But in the sixth round, then you'll be like, dude, he's from Appalachian State. But Colby Gossett, I think, might be one of the steals of this draft. Like, again, if we if two years from now we, we listen to this podcast... You might be like, Williamson, you called Gossett being a starting guard as a six-round pick. So maybe that makes up for ignoring that position to some degree. We'll see. Um, we'll see. Jalen Holmes, I, I, I project him basically as a rotational defensive tackle. I guess that makes sense because Richardson's on a one-year deal. Again, that goes back to can we resign anyone we want when their contracts are up? Let's get reinforcements because Cousins cost a bazillion, gazillion dollars. Um, Tyler Conklin, interesting. Um, very good athlete. Okay blocker, but more receiver. and But he can line up in line, and I think he fits what they're after. I think that's a guy they liked a lot because I don't think it was a real luxury pick. Vikings also took a specialist. They took Daniel Carlson, kicker from Auburn. Okay, but you better be really good. You know what I mean? Um, Ade Aruna, a, a defensive end edge guy from Tulane, kind of has that mold that they have with their defensive ends. High spark score, really, really athletic, super raw. Zimmer and company can coach him up, and maybe when Robeson moves moves on with his life work, he's ready to be your third guy, and then maybe two or three years, he's your starter. But he has some Hunter-like, you know, uh, some Hunter-like qualities, I would say. Um, and then Downs looks like a special teamer, really, the seventh-round pick. So... They did okay. I mean, helping the corner position is great. I mean, corners don't grow on trees, and that formula has worked for Zimmer really well over the years. And again, they got the guard late that I think might hit, and if so, that would kind of mask the the risk they're taking with O'Neal. But you can see what they're doing. You know, they're planning for the day when their guys are leaving for big money. All right. Uh, Tomorrow will be Twitter Thursday. Spread the word. Check out my site. See you later.